0: Welcome to Riverdale Alright y'all, welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Riverdale This is the Carefree Black Nerds review over Archie Comics and the CW's hit show Riverdale Uh, This is chapter 50 I believe this is Season 3, Episode episode 50? I don't know, I don't know. But when you're watching Riverdale Live, and when you're watching it in syndication on Netflix, Hulu, wherever else, and when you're listening to this episode of Welcome to Riverdale, use that hashtag WTRPod. Let's make this a conversation, let me know you're out there, let me know you're listening. Uh, I am your host, of course, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Black Nerd. Hit me up on those Twitters using that... Handle Carefree Blur and let me know that you're out there. Uh, all right, y'all. So, we're getting close to the end of the season. This is the 50th chapter in the saga that is Riverdale. In this episode, Gladys prepares for FP's 50th birthday. Jughead questions his mom's motives. Jughead and Betty help Archie face his past. And Cheryl and Tony are at a crossroads. Man, uh, this was a pretty regular Riverdale episode this wasn't anything that was too crazy or too calm it just was a very Riverdale type episode I am my same critiques still remain and I think they're going to remain for quite a while like this show just isn't doing it for me um I'm going to start off by saying seeing Fred again I was less emotional but I was still kind of sad seeing him on screen And once he appeared on screen, Luke Perry, it just, it really messed with me because I felt like, to my knowledge, this is his last project before he passed or the most current project he was working on if he hasn't, maybe already had something finished, other projects, movies, TVs, or whatever. But this show really dropped the ball with him. And I'm going to kind of rant for a bit because... Of course no one could have foreseen he would pass while you know the show was on his third season or whatnot but with archie being so central to this show and to the plot for them to write fred in a way that makes him a second tier character or a second tier parent is very frustrating even molly ringwald as his mother from chicago or living in chicago she's a very strong character and they dropped the ball with her as well I felt like this show could have benefited a lot from more interaction with him, uh, for him to be more involved in his son's life. I, and I'm not just saying this because Fred passed. If you look over the whole discography of my Welcome to Riverdale review shows, you'll see that my frustration has been with Fred as a not active parent in his child's life. Not only are you a single parent, but you're living in this damn house with this boy And yeah, you work, but bro, how do you, I don't know. I just, I just hate the way that this show has handled that character, especially now that he's passed and we won't get a fourth season with Fred Andrews, unless something has already been recorded, you know, prior to the uh, end of this season three, it's just man. And I hope they take this as a lesson learned that to make these relationships, feel a bit more fleshed out. Now, there is something to be said to maybe Luke Perry had a certain amount of episodes in his contract or something. I, I understand that there's a whole other side of this that one, I'm not privy to, and two, might not even understand or might know not know the specifics. But as far as where he has shown up in the show and the way that this is written, it's just kind of a slap in the face because there's no way to change what's already been done, like the damage has been made. Um, I have said before that I'm not really a fan of this show and I am pretty much hate watching it (laughs) at times and I'm a little bit more interested to see how season 4 pans out and I want to the passing of Luke Perry has made me want to watch Riverdale a bit longer. The only reason is because I want to see how they handle Fred's absence. I want to see what they do with the character what they do within the show to make it make sense. Are they going to have him pass on the show? Are they going to bring in Molly Ringwald as the more active parent? Is Archie going to go away? Is he going to live with Jughead? Like, There's it's so many things that could be done that I'm very interested to see uh, how they handle it. And I'm not watching it with some, oh, I know they're going to fuck up. Y'all can't do this right. It's not because even regardless to how I feel about the show, I realized, I think last episode, right along with the rest of you, that I was more emotionally invested in his character than I realized, so it's it's not so much to um, kind of hate watch in the sense that, oh, I know they're going to fuck this up, I have no faith, it's not that, it's I really want to see how they're going to handle the passing of Luke Perry and Fred's character, you know, so that's, that's that. Um, again... You know, positive vibes and all that to his family and friends. Now, getting into this ass hat of episode, <laughs> there was so much shit going on here that I'm just, man, I tell you, Riverdale is the oddest fucking place on earth. Why are people even living here? Uh, so, Gladys prepares for FP's birthday. Uh, Gladys, we find out that she bought the Cooper home and. It becomes awkward real quick. And one thing I want to say. For all the bullshit that Alice has done and gone through. Fuck FP. When they showed up. They being Gladys and FP and Jughead and Jellybean. To the Cooper's house. Uh, Homegirl Gladys was like. Yeah what is, Al- what is Alice Cooper doing coming out of my house? I'm thinking. Don't you know that's her house? But that aside. Um, there was an awkward moment. And then Alice met up with fp at the police station and she was like well um you know what's going on with you and gladys um, i miss you and whatever i'm this is i'm this i'm loose with the with the reenactment but he said something like oh well you know i i um she is she's still my wife i felt like alice should have walked across that room and punched fp dead in his fucking face because yes she is your wife but where was that, keep that same energy. Where was your, oh, she used my wife when you was fucking Alice. When y'all was carrying on like y'all were in a relationship. When you were experiencing all these love and, and googly eyes and shit and saving her from uh, gargoyle kings and coming to the rescue and being up under her intentionally. No one coaxed you or held a gun at your head. So don't come at me with some, oh, well, she's still my wife. I get that that is your wife. And that you may be working on your relationship with her. But don't act as if you and Alice weren't a thing. And don't act like y'all ended on bad terms. And furthermore, I was very pissed off because why does Alice have to come to you and discuss y'all relationship? You a grown-ass man. I'm not a fan of Alice and the shit she's doing with Betty and Polly and the farm and all that. But at its core, this is a woman who was in a relationship with a man. Don't tell me that her and F.P. weren't in a relationship or at the very least had an understanding. Or even with that all off the table, y'all were fucking, y'all had old feelings, and you were spending time together. So you mean to tell me, F.P. Jones, that there was no way, no conscience in you that said, Hey, maybe I should tell Alice, my wife's back in town, we need to stop this motherfucking Forsythe Pendleton Jones the second, you didn't think at any time that you should maybe tell the woman who you are carrying on a relationship with that my wife is back in town we're working on us because it's not like you and Gladys were doing anything prior to this is our third season maybe in Riverdale time maybe it's just two years since the events of episode one of season one or maybe a year and a half however much time has passed we know that gladys and him have been split up for quite some time quite some time i mean i was like man this take me back to insecure what was that season two where uh or season one where tasha told uh, no two whatever season two yeah season two two <laughs> where tasha told uh 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 Y'all know what I'm talking about Best Buy. <laughs> this nigga, you, you, you a fuck nigga who think he a good dude. Like FP, what the fuck are you doing? Like even after all the time that Gladys has been in Riverdale, you not once went over to Alice and said, "Hey, this is the situation. This is what's going on. We can't be together anymore." And that's another downside of this show because they don't seem to handle a uh, a ensemble cast well, and that is very frustrating. I'm not in the writer's room, they getting paid to do this, but this is still a piece of art that's being critiqued. Even with the kids, you kind of fuck up here and there, but especially with the adults they do. And it seems as if you should write this as if these are two shows happening at once. Why do we not get, whatever, I'm, I'm done with it. So moving on to Jughead questioning his mom. So pretty much, well, let me take a couple steps back. The handling of people of color and marginalized people in this show is trash. I've said it time and time again. Half the time, they don't even show up on screen. And I'm not counting Veronica as a person of color, though she is. She is very fair-skinned and not necessarily white-passing, but she's racially ambiguous enough. Or she's um, coded enough in a way that she isn't... I don't see her coded as a person of color at all. I mean, you slip in a few Spanish words here and there or roll your Rs a bit, but her family overall, you could easily switch them out for a white family or a black family or a Asian family or an Alaskan. There's nothing about their family that makes it feel or Italian family with all this mob shit that y'all pushing up as these goddamn stereotypes. There's nothing in her family that is coded as person of color to me outside of them being just a tight a tad bit darker than betty's family but that that being said Veronica and Reggie apparently have been dating. Now, that is fucking news to me. As someone who watches this show, albeit hate watches, uh, guilty pleasure watches, or whatever, I never saw them as being in a relationship. I, the way I took this, and this is me being 100% serious, and tweet me. Use the hashtag WTRpod when you're listening to this and let me know if I am missing something. I thought, when watching this show, that Archie broke up with Veronica that she grew closer to Reggie that when Archie came back that was dead in the water and they were just still partners i for all this time thought that they were partners in this business and that archie kind of ran off whatever hopes they had of a relationship and they just stood firm in their friendship tonight reggie talking about i need to be more than just your boyfriend or a hookup or your your um errand boy which are all valid and all true but I was like, nigga, when have y'all been in a relationship? Man, this was so fucking weird. But he made some good points. Like, I want to be a partner in this thing, which, again, I thought he was. But Veronica's like, well, you know, I just got out of a relationship. And in. This and, this. and that was another thing. In that same exact conversation, she said, well, I just got out of a relationship. And now I want to take things slow and such and such. You just got out of a relationship, but you're in a relationship with Reggie. So how? what do you mean take things slow? We're already knees deep in a relationship, apparently. So, uh, Veronica's trash. So, she's pretty much blowing him off to the side. Said a few Spanish words to remind us that she is a person of color. And continued on. And what pissed me off so much about this show. Reggie's like, well, look. My fucking car is gone. I've been with you since day one. I've been running your errands for you. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. Which, again, I have been saying this whole time. You're using him as just this... Aaron boy as he said what i feel is that this show doesn't know what to do with reggie either like if we're staying true to the the essence or the spirit of the comics and doing something new and contemporary it's fine for reggie to be uh you know this 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 guy doing whatever he wants to do but don't don't steer so far away from the books and, okay, what am I trying to say? You make it so that he's this Asian kid, you know, handsome dude, football player. You move him away from what he was in the comics, and I'm fine with that. But then don't throw in this romantic element, which there was a Reggie and Veronica kind of toyed-at relationship, love affair, kind of sort of will-they-won't-they they thing. But it's not paying off. You, It doesn't seem like they have a larger kind of picture here, which I, I feel like when you do a show like this, especially because you have so many moving parts, and I say all this with the knowledge, background, and history of growing up watching soap operas uh, with family members, older family members, and on my own. When you have such an ensemble cast, you have to have key points that you're hitting throughout the season. If you know you want us to start here and you want us to end here, you know there's three or four different points, like the mid-season finales and shit that you have to hit. You need to keep track of the continuity within this show, where these moving parts are, and it doesn't feel like they, they, oh God. So anyways, Reggie cuts the tour, let her know, I'm more than just your errand boy, I want this, I want that, and she's like, no, I can't give you that. And he goes to steal his car back from Gladys Because at the end of the day That's like the one thing he had that was his His family has a little bit of money That I don't feel like they're as wealthy as the lodges But it's his father's money It's not his money Even when dealing with his parents Why have we not dealt with both parents We've seen each of them at different times But never together They are married They are together But their relationship And his relationship with his parents Doesn't seem to factor in I feel like every season we need to get an episode, maybe not an episode apiece, but an episode that focuses on the adults, the parentals, and how they interact with their children. Ugh. But even the side characters. So, Reggie steals his car, and this is what pissed me off. That the show set this up in Optics Are Everything, where this is exactly what it looked like. Gladys brought Reggie by his ear to the Bon Nawi, whatever this bar is, and tells Veronica, get your my motherfucking badass boy toy, beefcake, whatever she said. He tried to steal his fucking car back before the deal went through. And he's sitting there shameful with his head down, pouting, and I'm like, You are a grown ass man. I mean you're a child, but the way this show codes these children, you are a grown ass man. First and fucking foremost, if I'm stealing my car, I'm stealing my car. This motherfucker dragging me back to LeBond Now we like Veronica is my mother. I was like, the fuck is this? Y'all, y'all equal playing field now. It's one thing to be upset as Veronica to be mad at him for doing this because you know the deal hasn't gone through or whatever. But what you're not gonna do is act like I'm some fucking child. So again, I, this show when they handle people of color and marginalized people, it's very bad. This was horrible. So I'm I'm over this. Then let's move on to. Uh, Jughead, Betty, and Archie. Archie gets attacked and there's this red paladin shit. And I am all for nerdiness and geekiness and doing whatever you want to express to yourself. But this gargles and, and Dungeons and Dragons shit is getting old as hell. And it's not any reflection of the actual um, gar- Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games. It's not that. It's that this fucking trash-ass... Shit is, I don't, I'm just, it's not, you make it extreme and you're drawing it out and it's not fun anymore. This shit is annoying. Pretty much somebody tried to kill Archie and then we find out through Hiram that there are 12 cards of the Red Paladin and you have to be at a certain level of the game to ascend and go after him and all this other shit. But I'm thinking like, if it's only 12 cards, what about Joaquin? I know he didn't have a card physically when he tried to kill Archie, but wouldn't he be one of the twelve? What about his little brother? He tried to kill Archie in his own home. That should take us down to ten. Then we got the uh, the warden. Is that not down to now nine? Like, what are you? So Hiram gives Archie a gym. Which why in Riverdale is there so many abandoned, unused buildings? But I digress. He gives him this. They send a call of arms and all these people just come and fight him. Archie wins the fights. Cool. What pisses me off is that when we're in the bunker with Jughead and Betty and they're talking to Sweet Pea and Fangs and just preparing for the fight and the battle with Archie and the rest of the people who want to kill him, there is one solitary dark-skinned black boy in the back of this scene. What... <sighs> This pisses me the fuck off, and I don't have any issues saying that. Why do you trot out these black people to fill your minority quota or to fill your optics quota of there are black people in the serpents when they're not? Tony, notwithstanding, because she's not in the group anymore, but why do you just bring these black people all these black bodies out for visual purposes but you don't give them any lines you don't give them any stake in the storyline and that's what's frustrating to me so all this time we've never seen this boy ever and i can say that with the utmost certainty because me as listeners who've been listening for quite a while even a few episodes know Blackness and people of colorness and marginalizedness is very important to me when being represented on screen this show has not done a good job of that at all whenever black people were in the serpents it was just to fill out the amount of serpents that were there they were never speaking roles they were never intrinsic to the plot they were never intentionally put there to matter they've just been black bodies and that's what's been very frustrating and that's why I, was, I was like this is some bullshit this is- why the fuck is he here? And it's not even like he's an extra who's been around this whole time. This black boy is brand spanking new. What the fuck? What are you doing? The other actors couldn't show up that day. So, but I'm all happy. I'm happy. Let this boy get the, got this check. I'm all for black folks getting our money. Get your money, black man. But the fact that you throw him in here like that's supposed to suffice is fucking annoying. Not even to mention the shit like from last episode where that uh, ghoulie nigga, the white dude, jumped in the face of the black pretty poison when him and Cheryl were the ones going back and forth. What, what are you doing? First of all, why are you attacking these girls? Secondly, why do you go straight for the black girl? Like, not a beeline, not a go at Cheryl, then make a hard left. You went directly for her like you was going to knock her ass out. Why? Another thing that fucking frustrated me, this relationship with Tony and Cheryl is trash. I'm really not about to get into all this. All in all, Tony lied about no. Mm-mm, let me not say that. Tony and Veronica, Tony Veronica, Tony and Cheryl. God damn, y'all, y'all see I'm frustrated. Tony and Cheryl talk. Cheryl wants to hang out. Tony says no. Me and the Pretty Poisons have to do work at the Le Bon Cheryl shows up in his badass red dress, and she sees that. Tony is dancing and singing with Veronica at the, the the stage, which is cool. The show is trying to set it up like Tony is a bad person for that, like she's the bad guy, like she's the one who lied. Motherfucker, I work here. If I happen to be singing and dancing when you work in here, when you walk in here, that's okay. I work here, and even if it was a fib or a lie or whatever, it's okay. Yes, she should not have lied, but. People in relationships need space at times, and yes, she should not have lied. But that's what the show made her do because they're not writing her well. All that being said, they make they go to the casino night where Tony and the Pretty Poisons are working. She'll come, case to join, come back later, try to break in. Tony stops her, and they have this long sex scene, which was so. Okay, I get the show, I get sex, I get that, sex sales, but we keep coding these children as adults, and you keep throwing them into these sexual situations, where under I understand that people have sex, high schoolers have sex, I get that, but the way in which they glamorize it the, glamorize? That's the word, right? we don't go with it, the way they glamorize this, and they focus so much, it's not a Kind of cut away this intense sex all the goddamn time. Yes, these are adult actors, but they're playing a child role. That's frustrating. Why do you keep doing this? So they have all their sex and it they essentially break up. And Cheryl calls in Kevin at a later scene and is like, Oh, well, for the musical, we're going to do Heathers. That is the musical. That's what we're going to do. And Kevin's like, well, the farm is co-hosting or or providing funds or something that we want to do. Such and such. No, we're going to do this because we, I broke up with my girlfriend and I need something to do. What frustrated me in this scene? It was a, It was a decent scene. The scene was okay. But you trot out your gay, your token gay for this scene. And then he trots him right the fuck back off screen. Kevin is dealing with something that's much more interesting than this Tony Cheryl bullshit. He's in a call. Call your mom. SSDGM. Like, what the fuck? It's so frustrating. You have Kevin in all these weird-ass situations, and then you get him in a space where it would be very nice to explore. Maybe they're saving that for the next season. Either way, it's still trash. You bring him out on screen for all of two to maybe four minutes, and then walk his ass right the fuck back off. I was like man do, do better then ugh, lastly well F- J- Josie's not in this episode at all for someone who's supposed to be Archie's girlfriend which I hate that move why the fuck isn't she in this uh, this episode it would be important that my boyfriend is fighting for his life but why the fuck don't I know about it why I'm not here to support him why is Betty playing that role that a girlfriend would occupy When you could put his actual quote unquote girlfriend there Stupid. Um, what else? There was something else, but at this point, I'm just I'm just sick of the way that they're handling these people. Um I don't really know I don't know. I'm gonna stick it out like I said for the rest of this season. I think we have two or three more episodes and then I'm tapping out. I can't wait for Josie to move to New York and be on her own goddamn show. So with all that happiness out the way, this has been Welcome to Riverdale. Use that hashtag WTRpod. WTRpod when you're listening to Welcome to Riverdale and when you're live tweeting with me on Wednesday nights, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, I believe. <laughs> and when you're uh, watching in this syndication, and when, give me your thoughts. How do you feel about the show? How do you feel the show is handling people of color, marginalized people, people of different socioeconomic statuses? How do you feel like the serpents are handling these token characters? Do you think that the show is perfectly fine and there is not flawed at all? I would like to hear this. Even if you don't share my same sentiments, I would love, love, love to have the conversation to hear what you think. Um I don't know. All that being said, hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred, every other social media site, Carefree Black Nerd. And uh, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, and stay the hell out of Riverdale.